This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 134. This episode is brought to you by The Eight Great Smarts. I hope you were able to listen to last week's episode, number 133, and my conversation with Dr. Kathy Cook about her book, The Eight Great Smarts, and then a companion book, The Eight Great Smarts for Homeschoolers. Because we all know this, the beauty of homeschooling is that we know and love our individual children with all their unique gifts, and every child is so different, aren't they? They each have their own learning strengths, challenges, and interests. Well, with the eight great smarts, you will learn how to customize your home education for each of your children because every child is smart. We just have to figure out where their strengths lie. So we are having a book giveaway and you still have time to enter. Go listen to the podcast and then enter the giveaway at 41more.com forward slash 133. Hello and welcome to episode 134. Today I'm sitting down with Jim Hodges to talk about Jim Hodges audiobooks. Have you discovered his site yet? Because if you haven't, you are in for a real treat. This site is a treasure trove of audiobooks, mainly historical, but there's also some classics and some Bible-based stories in there. You will love what you find on Jim's site. And so I want you to listen in. He has a really cool backstory story. He's a homeschooling dad back in the pioneering days of the homeschooling movement. So I have known about Jim Hodge's audiobooks for a while. We've used them in our homeschool. So it was a real treat to sit down and hear a little bit more about the passion Jim has for getting these audiobooks into your homes. And he's got a free download. He has Um, We'll talk about it. He has a chronological list of all the titles, so you can download that from his site and then match it up with your history studies. He has a download a month club, which is an amazing deal. And if you're looking for Christmas gift ideas, he shares how some families use that club to give audiobooks for Christmas to their kids. So listen in on this chat I had with Jim, and it's a really easy way to get to his site. You can go to 41more.com forward slash audio. And we will have links to everything we discuss in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 134. All right, here's my chat with Jim Hodges. Jim, I'm so glad to be chatting with you today. And some of my listeners probably have already stumbled upon Jim Hodges audiobooks, but some have not. So we'll just start with who are you and what's your background with homeschooling? (laughs) Uh, I am Jim Hodges. I always have been since the day of my birth, as far as I can tell. Um, We are, uh, my wife and I married in 1980 and uh, had three children. We were not uh, converted to uh, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in in its truest sense until after we were married, although we had both been raised in the church. We didn't quite 
get that. And so that kind of led us to being very concerned about our kids' education and upbringing. My wife heard about homeschooling, but we had already entered our kids into the public school system, but only our oldest. Uh, In 1988, we decided that kind of against my better judgment, frankly, to, to homeschool the kids. But we said, okay, I told my wife, okay, look, I'm not sure about this thing. I mean, I like the idea of it, but I'm just not sure that that's going to work for us. So one child, one year, and then we'll reassess and make decisions for the remainder. So we decided to start homeschooling our oldest, who was going into third grade. We sent our middle child to kindergarten, and our youngest was only you know two. Well, by Christmas, at Christmas break, we pulled our middle child out and homeschooled all three of them all the way through high school. So our middle child had, you know, four months of public school. Our youngest had none. Our oldest had kindergarten through second grade, and that was it. And we we just decided that, you know, every year it was a new decision to continue doing it because it is hard. Yeah. But we... um we decided to just keep doing it and homeschooled them all the way through high school. Yep. So you were like a pioneering family because you said the eighties, right? Yeah. 1988. I mean, at that point in some jurisdictions, parents were getting arrested and put in jail for homeschooling their kids. They were, you know, your, your kids are truants. Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually educating them here at home. Like, Oh, that's not good enough. And so exactly. We were fortunate enough, I guess, to live in a, jurisdiction where they had already established that homeschooling was legal, although we were required every year to put together a portfolio of the work that the kids had done and to have a certified teacher come in to confirm for the state authorities that second grade had taken place, that third grade had taken place, et cetera. And so we lived under that for a few years. That was in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Then we moved to New York, where not only, well, New York was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, send us a, your scope and sequence, your plan for every quarter of the year, the grades, the tests, the blah, 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 you know, just total yeah. oversight. And then we, so we were there for four years. I was in the military, so we kept, you know, trans- going to different jurisdictions. And then we went to Oklahoma and discovered when we got there that the homeschool law was something like this. Do you want to homeschool? Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> there was no oversight yes. whatsoever. So that was obviously the one that we enjoyed most. Yes. Because that we didn't have to worry about living up to some other person's standards of what was the right way to do things and the subjects that we had to cover. It was entirely up to us. And fortunately, those were our kids' high school years. And so that was great for us. And so, yeah, all three kids all, all the way through high school. That's awesome. Wow. So, so much respect for all of you that you people of your generation who did this back when it wasn't so, you know, it's very accepted now. You can find resources, you can like, you can find communities, you can find, you don't, it's not as lonely. I'm sure it felt lonely back then for your wife, especially maybe, or. Um, Fortunately, we lived in, we lived in, when we started, we lived in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and there was a church in Bucks County and a gentleman there who was in charge of the Bucks County homeschool organization. 
And we, we became personal friends of his. We're still friends to this day. In fact, I went on a mission trip with him for three weeks to India in 2012. We, you know, we're friends with their kids. Their kids are friends with our kids. And so there was enough of a community there that I don't feel like we felt like we were missing out on anything. In fact, I would tell people, look, if you want to get connected into a new community, find a good church, find a good homeschool support group, and you're done. You got all the friends you need. You got all the activities you need. They're going to be like-minded people. And so that's what we found uh, when we went to, uh, when we went to New York. And then of course, when we went to Oklahoma, those were the two groups that we hooked up with. And, and there was no lack of social um, interactions for us or the kids from that point on. That's great advice for people. Find your, find your people, find your people. And, and then, and then you have what you need as far as, as far as some relationships, right. To help you through it. So tell us then, this is an interest, like, where did this interest come for making audiobooks? How did you get started with Jim Hodges audiobooks? Because I mean, you have a lot available now, but what was the beginning? Why did you even start? I started because I had been doing voice stuff since I was in second grade, the first time a teacher asked, you know, would somebody like to read out loud? And it was a Dick and Jane book. And I read my, I raised my hand and read the first page of the story. And the teacher was so impressed. She said, oh my gosh, Jim, that was fantastic. Would you read us another page, please? And unbeknownst to her at that time, she set my life in a just a totally different direction than it might otherwise have taken because from that point forward I volunteered all the time to read out loud I became a lector at church I sang solos I was in the choir I was in the cantata I was in the play I was in and then in high school and in college and in community theater I did I did I did acting stuff I was in the navy I narrated training films in the Navy. It wasn't a, wasn't part of my assigned job. It was just something that I volunteered for. I was the newscaster on my ship. And I just, you know, I just kept doing voice stuff all the way through, you know, all of my schooling years and all of my 20 year Navy career and at church and stuff. And so when I was getting ready to retire from the Navy, my wife said, you know, what are you going to do next? And I thought she meant, where's the next paycheck coming from? What she really meant, because she followed up, was, no, 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 no. I don't need to know what job you're going to. I want to know what you would do if you could do anything at all as a job, and it was sufficient for our needs. So, oh, oh, I'd record books. And she was very taken aback by that because I'd never mentioned it before. Although she knew that I'd done all this voice stuff, she was there. Um, I loved to read out loud to the kids. I would read out loud stories to them, you know, classic literature and Hardy Boys and you know whatever. I would. I was always more than happy to read out, read out loud to our own kids as part of the homeschool. And so this was a perfect fit of something that I loved to do. That apparently, I mean, every time I was in a play, I either got best actor or best supporting actor, you know, accolades all over the place for this kind of activity that I liked to do. And so she said, well, let's try that. You know, let's try recording books. So we went to the library and checked out two or three audiobooks on cassette because that was <laughs> 1999. 
and started listening to some audiobooks and realized there's this guy stinks. Um, this guy's good, but I could certainly do that well. And so we kind of looked at each other and said, okay, well, I certainly have a skill set. So the next question was, who, what, what am I going to record? So we, I pulled my homeschool support group friends. Hey, I'm looking for an author. I primarily wanted history and I wanted great role models for young men mm-hmm. because we have kind of a dearth of good stuff for, for young men, you know, middle school and up. Every single one of them said, oh, you need to look at the George Alfred Henty historical novels. So I bought a couple of them from a friend who was a distributor and read two or three of them and went back to Ruby Reeves. And I said, Ruby, are they all like this? She said, they're all like that. I said, how many did he write? She said, 122. I said, okay. So I guess I have found my author is a perfect, exactly what I was looking for. Historical fiction, outstanding uh, hero, role model, young man, clearly Christian worldview of the author. And so everything just kind of fit. So I started recording them. So what was the first book you recorded? With Lee in Virginia. It's about the American Civil War from a Southerner's point of view. And I chose it specifically because I thought, you know, I'm going to be marketing to the homeschool market. And they're a bunch of rebels. So I thought they would really enjoy the Civil War from a Southerner's point of view. So I picked that title. And excuse me, then after that, I read, uh, I recorded, I think, uh, In Freedom's Cause was next. That was William Wallace. And that was when Braveheart movie had come out. And then I did For the Temple, because it was Christian history in that Jesus said, you know, not one stone shall remain upon another. And, and of course, the Romans came in in AD 70 and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. So all of these things were just kind of, and then as I became interested in different time periods of history, I would pick up a henty that was on that subject. And so I've got 32 or 33, I've got a lot of them recorded now. Awesome. So give us a little more information on G.A. Henty. Who was he as a person? Okay. Like what was his um, expertise or what was his background? His background was of a very sickly childhood that he intentionally overcame by making himself get out of bed where he spent a lot of time and going outside and getting a lot of fresh air and exercise and good healthy food. While he was in his sick bed, he read on a a huge variety of subjects. So he just had this massive breadth of interests. Then he became much more healthy, took up rowing and boxing and rugby, you know, all of the, all of the sports that were popular in England in the late 1800s, mid, mid to late 1800s. Then he went to Cambridge. So he was obviously a smart guy. You don't get, you don't get accepted. I think at the time to get into Cambridge, you had to be able to translate Latin and Greek. And so obviously he'd gotten a good education But he determined after a couple of years there, he never graduated because he determined, you know, uh, he went to his dad and said, Dad, I I just don't think I want to live my life in a in an office or in a lecture hall. I want I need a more active life than this. Could you get me a commission in the army? So his dad was able to do that. They bought and sold them at the time. So they bought him a commission 
and he became a supply officer for the army during the Crimean War. In fact, one of the books I just recorded this year was Henty's take on the Crimean War, which I thought was kind of interesting because he was there. And while he was there, he would write letters home to his dad and say, look, I don't know what they're telling you in the newspapers, the official line, but this is what I'm seeing. So his dad got him the commission and he went into the commissariat department of the army, was stationed in Scootery, which was a military hospital in the Crimea during the Crimean War, writing letters home. And his dad took the letters and took them to the newspapers and said, oh, you want a firsthand account of what's happening in Crimea? My son just wrote me this letter. So he got a name for himself, unbeknownst to him, as a writer, because his, he was very descriptive. He was very, obviously very well-educated, well-spoken, uh, immense vocabulary. And so he ended up getting really sick because the gentlemen that, in, that came into the hospital were sick. And so he was working himself to the bone. And finally, he got sick and he was invalided back home to recuperate. When his recuperation was over, he said, you know what, uh, maybe... Maybe the military is not the greatest choice for me. So he retired or he, he, he quit the military. But the newspapers picked him up and said, you were great. Would you be would you like to become a reporter for us? We'll send you where we want you to go. And we want you to cover the far reaches of the British Empire for us and write your dispatches and send them back home. And he was like, cool. So. He ended up in Egypt, in Italy, in Russia, in France, um, lots of different places. I mean, certainly all over Europe. I'm, I believe he was probably also, you know, in the Far East and in the United States because of just because of the way he writes about places. I'm convinced that he's in fact, in one of the books, Captain Bailey's Air, I read that I read read the book, recorded it and got it ready to go. And I thought, you know, I this, he wrote so specifically about things. I think he's probably been to California or he wouldn't have been able to write it that descriptively. And so come to find out, uh, Ann King of the Henty Society wrote a biography of, and sure enough, he had taken a train across the United States and that's where um, uh, Hunt, the uh, uh, adventure in the Rockies came from and the California gold rush story came from. So all, all his travels are just incredible. So I witnessed, anyway, so he ended up writing 122 books because when the when his time with the newspapers was over, uh, his wife died and he had to stay home and take care of the kids and he would tell them stories after dinner. And a friend of his overheard him telling one of these stories out on the pampas was the story and said, you should write that down. You should write that. That's a great story. He's like, no, no, no. These are just, these are just kid stories. And his friend said, no, seriously, you should. So he wrote out on the pampas. It took him three years to find a publisher. And it was a runaway bestseller. And that was the first of 122 books that he wrote. He was, a, he was, he was friends with Dickens. They traded short stories for their different boys' magazines. So he was just a prolific author and just an amazing, amazing resource. Anyway, I... Cool. I could go on for a long time about him. That is really great background. Thank you for that. Now, so you do have a lot of Henty audiobooks, but mm -hmm. you also have some other options, classic literature novels, old-time radio mm -hmm. shows. Tell us about what you have there. The classic lit, uh, I've, I've chosen 
stories that I think would be just really fun more than more than, you know, heavy handed uh, classic lit stuff. I've got Treasure Island. I've got Robinson Crusoe. I just released Around the World in 80 Days and King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table within the last year. So those were really fun to record for me. The old time radio shows are just that compilations of the original live broadcasts of radio programs from the 30s, 40s and 50s. The one the one there's 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 three old time radio shows that I particularly like. You are there world history and you are there U.S. history. And the premise is let's pretend during this half hour radio show that radio reporters were on the scene at the Battle of Thermopylae and with Alexander the Great and when Drake circumnavigated the globe and and during the American Revolution and during the Civil War and the Oklahoma land rush. And they so they pretend that you're listening to a live radio broadcast from these events. It's just fascinating, really well done. But the one that really just grabs me is the D-Day recording, a radio station in New York recorded their entire broadcast day, 24 hours starting on, on D-Day, June 6, 1944. So you put that on, on June 6, and you just let it play. You leave the room, you, you missed it. No, 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 there's no pause because this is live broadcast. So that's how, you, that's how I would recommend you treat it. This is a live broadcast. If you wanna know what's going on, you stay right here. Um, and it is just fascinating as all the news reports are coming in. They're interviewing congressmen and senators and they're on the steps to the White House and the news. You know, you get Eisenhower's broadcast to the troops. You get anyway, it's just it's just an amazing living history, literally living history uh, event that I made available on the website as well. Yeah, wow, cool. that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, talk about throwing away boring textbooks and really like <laughs> immersing yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how have homeschool moms used your audiobooks? I know you do have like even a download if they want to know the the chronological like time periods you cover, they can download that and match it with their history studies. Like what, what other suggestions do you have? There's, there is is a chronological listing of all of the recordings that I have down to if you want this specific event well you can go to this recording and I don't tell you what track number it is but it goes from ancient history all the way up to I don't know, at least at least the 40s mm-hmm. uh, 1940s mm-hmm. um, the the best the place where most people listen is in their cars mm-hmm. the henty books in particular the chapters are almost, you know, they're all roughly 30 minutes. So if you've got to get to soccer practice or violin lessons or, or to church and back, put on a henty, listen to a chapter in, listen to a chapter back during lunch break, during quiet time, at bedtime, you know, there's all kinds of times and they're all in the MP3 format. So you can download them to your phone. Actually, you have to download them to your computer first and then sync your phone or your iPod with your, with your laptop or your desktop. But um, people listen to them on the fly. Anyway, there's there's I try to make it as as easy for everybody as possible. And and if if mom wants to download a story and she's got four kids and they all have their own iPods, well, go ahead and put it on all four of them. You know, you make as many copies as you need in your own family. 
just don't share it with your homeschool support group, yeah. please. Yeah, you know, send, exactly. them, send them to the website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what ages then would you say that, that your audiobooks are ideal for? What ages do you recommend listen to them? There's they, I have young listeners collection. I think that's, you know, roughly five to 10 or 11 in there. There's a, there, I have a number of overtly Christian titles too. I think there's 15 or 16 overtly Christian titles there's uh, the Trailblazer series by David Nita Jackson. There's 10 of those and then five other books that I've recorded independently. The Young Listeners Collection includes the, the, the Trailblazers, and I think there's 35 in that collection, and the, five to 10. And then all of the other, uh, all of the other um, categories would be 10 and up, okay. roughly. But that's, you know, a developmental age. It doesn't necessarily, you know, you can't say, okay, now you're 10, you can listen yeah. to this. If, they, if somebody's capable, of course, let them. Yeah. Um, but th- that's kind of a dividing line for me. A 10-year-old should be should be ready to graduate to a, a higher level of yeah. difficulty. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So so peel back peel back the, the curtain a little bit and tell us when you decide, okay, this is my next book, how long does the process take between uh, however long you take to like prepare it and then how long does it take to actually record it? Tell us about mm-hmm. that process. For a Henty novel in particular, the the workup is it can be as, as long as a month. It's certainly um, a lengthy process because he's writing about people and places and time periods of history where, you know, you might know that uh, the Battle of Hastings took place in 1066, but where did all the people in that storyline come from in France? What are the names of their towns? How do you pronounce those names? Uh, How do you pronounce historical people's names? There was um, a, in, in, uh, by right of conquest, which was about Cortez conquering the Aztec empire, there is a character, an actual character from history, whose last name was V-E-L-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z, Velazquez, if you just kind of looked at it and read it phonetically. Well, I looked him up, and, and there, his actual pronunciation is Velazquez. The Z is pronounced T-H, so it's Velazquez. So I had to know that before I started recording the book, so I do a lot of research then I don't record any more than 45 minutes to an hour every day because, believe it or not, in the time that it takes us to record this, my voice quality will change in that span of time. I don't want to get through five or six chapters in a day. And then when you go to the next chapter, I'm fresh and new and it's a totally different voice, you know. So I want every chapter to be a fresh and new voice, a first thing in the morning voice. So I record for 45 minutes to an hour a day, and that's that's about it. And that's when I'm in recording season. Right now, I'm not. I just finished my second Henty novel for this year, and now I have to go back in because I make mistakes. Even though I'm reading words off of the screen, I don't, I, I'll just say the wrong word sometimes, or I put the wrong emphasis on something, and it's like, no, that, that needed to be this way. And so I have to go through the entire text and mark up what I need to re-record and then splice that into the existing chapter. And then I have to have somebody else listen to it because they'll catch things that I missed. And so from beginning to end for a full length novel, is it's about a three month process. It's a very long investment of time. Mm-hmm. But the best thing about taking that time is I never have to do it again. 
I mean, I once you record a book, it's done. So I can sell downloads for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, I'm still selling copies of With Lee in Virginia. So as a business person, kind of like I always remind people that Harper Lee wrote one book, To Kill a Mockingbird. She won the Pulitzer Prize in Literature in 1963. And the only other book she ever wrote, they found in her bedside table. And apparently it wasn't really all that good. So, but she lived on those royalties for the rest of her life because it is a business. And for me, it's a, it's a, it's a love. I don't care how long it takes me to get a book done because I know once it's done, I never have to worry about it again. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I think your best value is on your site, which I want people to go check out. And of course, we'll link to it in the show notes and everything. But you have a download a month club, which I feel like kind of takes the, you know, if moms are like overwhelmed with where do I start? It seems like that's a great deal. Is that your most popular item that people grab onto? Uh, Probably at this point. Yeah, I've... um... It's it's only six ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. You can come to the website actually, and uh, on the homepage there's a blue button. I think it's a little off to the left. Mm-hmm. It says "Get a free download." Yeah, just get a free one. Yeah. So if you go to jimhodgesaudiobooks.com, scroll down a little bit, look for the button that says "Get a free download." Click on that. Give me your email address. I'm gonna I'm gonna email you. Promise. <laughs> Three times a month, beginning, middle, end of the month. That's it. You know, practice, yeah, except in November, you'll probably hear from me a little bit more, maybe December. But as a rule, three times a month. You can download Under Drake's Flag for free. It's a full length, like 10 hour long Henty audiobook. So you get a taste of what a Henty audiobook is like. Well, that's $18 if you were to buy it. Mm-hmm. If you join, if you like that, come back and join the Download a Month Club. I'll charge you $6.99 every month. You get a coupon worth $18. You pay me seven, you get 18 back. You come back to the website, you put anything you want on the web, anything, everything is $18. Put it in your cart, pay for it with the coupon, boom. So you've got a new audiobook every month. My coupons never expire, unlike Audible and you know the audiobooks.com and the, my coupons don't expire. So I've got, I have people that pay for them all year and then they come back at Christmas and they go bing, 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 bing. And they're buying downloads and, and I give them permission to burn a copy onto a CD to give as presents. So, and for $6.99 a month to get a fresh audiobook of your choosing. So you pick what goes on sale every month. I, I, I figured this is, my, my policy is always, I want everybody to win. So if you join my download a month club, I know I'm going to get $7 from you every month. So that that's a win for me. But what are you getting? You're getting an $18 download every month. That's a win for you for seven bucks. So it's a, it's a great way to do business as far as I'm concerned. If everybody's happy in the exchange, then I'm happy. If anybody's unhappy in the exchange, then I don't, I don't want to do it. That's an awesome deal. And I love that idea that you said families are like saving up their, you know, basically their credits till Christmas. What an amazing idea because you know how homeschool families are. We like to get educational gifts for our kids too, right? Well, yeah, but the kids, that's the cool thing. The kids love it, yeah. They they don't see it as school. No, no. See, they see it as, as entertainment. For sure. 
And so, but the amazing thing is every time I read a Henty novel in particular, every single time I learn new vocabulary words that I've never heard before, never heard, or I've used, I hear a word being used in a way that I've never heard it used before. So there's education going on all the time when you're listening to unabridged recordings of, you know, classic literature and eight, 19th century writings. But it's, but it's a, it's a passive thing. And so you will hear your kids, you, you start, you have them listening to the Henty novels. And my, I, I suggest waiting till they're about 10 years old before you start them on a Henty novel. You will have, you will hear them using words and phrases that you've, you did not speak to them. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else did. And it was me reading a Henty novel. And that's how they're learning new words. It's amazing. That's awesome. Jim, thanks for coming on today and just giving us a, a peek into what you have on your site. We'll, we'll definitely put downloads and send everyone over there and everyone should grab your free download because oh, that's yeah. a no brainer too. Yeah. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. So that's <laughs> awesome. But thanks for, thanks for what you do. The homeschool community is, um, we're, we're all benefiting from your talent. So we appreciate that. And thanks for chatting with us today. Well, thanks for having me, Abby. It was a real pleasure. You have a great day. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 134 to find links to everything we talked about today, including your very own free audiobook to give Jim Hodges audiobooks a try in your homeschool. That's an awesome deal. And remember, you can find Jim's site by going to 41more.com forward slash audio. That way he'll know that we sent you. Thanks for listening in today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling. Happy homeschooling.